the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. It's been a while. Uh, I am Pastor Sam Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and I am on the line with Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I will I will say this, and I didn't tell Mark, uh, but I have had people asking, and maybe it's because of the topic specifically about the podcast we did regarding impeachment and how should people respond. I don't think there was a lot of interest at first, but once it's been dragging out, uh, people were like, okay, uh, yeah, what are, what are we supposed to do with this? So that's a good yeah. thing. And and they just announced today, uh, Speaker Pelosi just had an announcement that they are going forward with the impeachment. Yeah, so the this is, of impeachment, so. We, we may need to come back and revisit that one. Instead of just not just impeachment, but how do Christ followers deal with political division? That's a huge, I mean, impeachment aside, that's been a huge thing for the last couple of years, especially in our nation. So, right. we'll look at yeah, because that should not divide the body of Christ. Right. Okay. And so, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does way more than it should. Um, so, this morning, though, because it is morning, it's early, 9 a.m., 9.22 a.m., uh, we were going to discuss how do Christ followers respond uh, to, uh, what's a good way to term this, uh, pastors in crisis, I guess, or pastoral failings, or I don't know, what's the best way to term that? Uh, maybe when pastors disappoint. Ooh, that's a good one. How do you respond to when pastors disappoint? Great, great, great. So the the background for this was been a couple of weeks, uh, but one sorry, phone came up. One of the things was uh, the uh, Beth Moore, uh, I guess it was John Piper, was it? Uh, no, it was uh, John uh, MacArthur. John MacArthur, sorry, no yeah. disrespect, John Piper, <laughs> John MacArthur. Yeah. Who came out and criticized Beth Moore, you know, in a whether you want to call it casual, not casual way, and that started a firestorm. But around that same time, there were several worship leaders, uh, famous worship leaders, and also uh, Christian authors who came out and said they were rejecting Christianity. So these leadership and pastoral figures were acting in the way that some people were saying, hey, that's ungodly. And 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 uh, Mark and I were like, well, maybe we should do a podcast about this because how should Christians respond? However, when Mark texted me and said, hey, I'm ready, I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot. And I don't, I don't think I was even at home. And I responded like hours later. So then we rolled into Thanksgiving and all this other time later and finally got some time together to, to do this. So my apologies again for uh, not putting it on my calendar. And then I got sick, so it was my fault too. So, Well, yeah, that's just yeah. the fallen world we live in, coming up sickness and all that stuff. But Yeah. Um, but I think, well, there's a couple of things here, and I don't, because I know some people say, well, women aren't supposed to, 
preach anyway, so with respect to Beth Moore. So that's one aspect of it. Uh, so, I mean, we can talk about that, but the other aspect is, are Christians and pastors supposed to criticize, I mean, other people who are, either they're preaching or they're doing ministry, and even if we feel they shouldn't, they're being successful. And then there's the, what do you do when pastors, like Mark said, when they disappoint, either when they have a moral failure or when they step down or when they just say, you know what, I'm done with either the church or with Christianity. So those are, those are a bunch of things we're going to try to unpack under the whole heading of, you know, how do you respond when pastors disappoint? And I'm going to turn it over to Mark first and let's kind of shape the, uh, what do you do when, when, when pastors criticize other people, other pastors, other ministries, that kind of thing? I think it's a um, probably a it's not an easy answer. Let me put that. <laughs> uh, there, there, there's there's a lot of things to consider and take into consideration when we're we're thinking about disappointment in general. Um, we get disappointed in a lot of things in life. But when our Christian leaders disappoint us or let us down or criticize someone else that we may look up to, um, it is a little different. you know. And I, I think that what we have to keep in mind, first of all, is that we are all human, no matter who we are, um, no matter whether we're, we're in ministry or we're just a, a, a Christ follower who is, who is in the church, um, we are all sinners. And we all have that sin nature. And yes, pastors and leaders are supposed to be above that. Um, but the human aspect of things still are there. You can't take that away. Um, Satan is going to be fighting us at every angle. And the best way for him to keep the kingdom of God at bay is to keep things uh, um, disturbed and, and upset. Um, you know, that that's his way of of dealing with us trying to build the kingdom. And and so I I think when we look at at pastors and we put them the, the biggest mistake that most people have is that we put pastors and we put Christian leaders, worship leaders, even Sunday school teachers at some time on pedestals. And you know, anything you put on a pedestal has a chance of falling off. That is, uh, <laughs> that is a really good way to to look at it. Uh, I will say this, though, that I, I, I do agree that we have a tendency to put anyone who we look up to on a pedestal. I think there's pluses and minuses to that. I think yeah. there, there is the, you know, like Paul said, yeah, follow after me as I follow Christ. So being a role model, those kind of things are good, but with the expectation that, as you said, 
we're we're all human. That person can make mistakes, and and you know when they do, when you put them on a pedestal, there's you know nowhere else to go but down to fall. Right. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. And, go even, Paul, and even Paul said, though, you know, yes, follow me as I I lead you in, you know, through Christ and and, and in in the faith, but remember. I'm still one of the chief sinners. Yeah, he he referred to himself as yeah. that multiple times. Said he had multiple yeah. issues. Said he was the worst of all. You know, so yeah, he he acknowledged his humanness, and I think that's something that we as pastors need to do more often. Uh, and, and I tell people all the time, you know, when I'm preaching, hey, I'm I'm human. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna let people down. I'm gonna hurt people. It's not intentional, but I'm human. You know, right. It's like. Uh, right. If you have a dog, it's going to bark. It may be quiet for a while, but it's going to bark. If you have a human, we're going to make mistakes. Right. So that, and, that happens. And we're going to get upset with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. So here, here's here's the question I want to push into with this aspect of it. So when that person, that pastor, if they do make a mistake, even when they do say, okay, I was mistaken by following Christ and becoming Christian or whatever, because there's, you know, the... the Worship leaders, the Christian authors who have rejected Christ, does that change who God is or the gospel? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, it may change our, depending on how rooted you are in the faith and how rooted you are in the Word, and and. Um, It, it would make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. For example, if I am going to a church just because I like the pastor and he's a great guy and he has all the right things to say, but yet outside of church his life is a wreck, then I'm not looking at it through the gospel of the Bible. I'm looking to through it as the gospel of the man. I'm 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 with you to a point, and this might be my selfishness, my humanness, because <laughs> <laughs> as a pastor, um, it is encouraging when someone says, "Hey," and, and I haven't had anyone say, "Hey, Floyd, I love you." It's more of, "Hey, I the way you teach speaks to me." way you shared the gospel made it more understandable and how I can apply it to my life. So I think from that aspect, um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so if, but hopefully that's something that, Hey, I'm not coming Sunday morning, Sunday morning. Cause you make me feel good. I'm coming Sunday morning because you give me something that I can use in my life. Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, you know, the rest of the week. Right. And, you, and, and so there's that aspect of it. Right. And, and, and I agree with you on that. I, I agree wholeheartedly on that I, i'm not i'm not trying to um diminish the role of a pastor because that is a specific calling that that god has given a man to to do um and, and so and i think that's important to encourage your pastor and to to build them up um and to to help them along the way and encourage them to, you know, that 
they are doing a good job. Because there's some days that you get into the pulpit and you don't feel like you've done anything to prepare yourself to be in the pulpit. And those are usually the days that are the best sermons you ever made. You know? Um, yeah. It was all God and, 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 and less of you. Amen. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where that's where I'm trying to get to is that, you know, as, as Christ followers, we should never follow a man. We should follow a father. We should follow God. And so a lot of times people in the church follow the man that is leading the church more than they are following the Bible. They go to church, they get their word from, from the pastor, but from Monday to Saturday, they never open up their Bibles to see what God's saying to them. Yeah, this 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 isn't, and we're not encouraging, just for clarification, point of clarification, we're not encouraging putting pastors in rock star status. Not encouraging right. that. Uh, I am encouraging, and I think, I think, You'd be okay with this as well, is what you're saying. I am encouraging um, following and listening to and learning from those pastors who are guiding you towards Christ and equipping you to go out and be the church and to equipping you to, to grow in your faith. Exactly. Okay, yeah. So those, and, those are and, two and, totally different things. Right. But that, I think, also is where we set ourselves up for the disappointment. Yeah, because yeah. because a lot of times we do put those again we put those pastors up on the pedestal. Yeah, they're my teacher. They're they're the ones leading me. They're the ones directing me, and I don't need to get into the Bible because they're going to tell me everything I need to know. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you know. I am not. I am not. I want to make another point of distinction clarification. We're not because most of those pastors or most of those characteristics are attributed to the pastors that are mega church pastors. And I have nothing against mega church pastors. Right. I, I think their job is equally hard when you're trying to lead, you know, a congregation, this the size that's bigger than some large companies in the United States. And you're trying to encourage them in the faith and guide them towards Christ. And you're leading hundreds of volunteers uh, not employees, so you have no monetary motivation to say, here's, you know, to inspire them. It's all encouraging them in the faith, and you're able to do that. Uh, that's hard. So, but I, I definitely agree, you know, and we're, we're in agreement, not putting them up on a pedestal and making it all about that pastor, right? but more about, hey, what can I get from this pastor that's going to equip me, grow me, learn me, so that I can follow God, grow in the faith doing that thing so yeah that's good and, and i think there's there's a a sense of of um you know not only what can i i get from this pastor or do but how can i come alongside of this pastor and minister together and grow together as, yeah as a yeah. believer you know yeah um Again, not trying to put down mega churches or anything like that, and and I I don't I don't want to do that. But it's hard for a pastor of a mega church to really come alongside the members of his huge church and feel like it's a personal relationship there. 
that is basically just a teaching pastor. Yeah. If that makes any sense. You know, um, uh, where we in a smaller church have the flexibility of getting to know the people who come to our church and and knowing their hurts, knowing their, their cares, their, their, their trials, their triumphs, their victories, their defeats, and and letting them know our trials and our our defeats and victories and, and triumphs. You know. So there 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 are two big dynamics that we have to look at yeah. when you're looking at, at the body of Christ. You know. Yeah. And and, and I've been involved in, and I know Floyd has too, been involved in mega churches and small churches. And there is really two different two different ways yeah, basically that, of doing it. You know. Yeah, those are two totally different animals altogether. Right. Two different species. They're doing the same thing, but they're they're totally different. It, it's like comparing the the mom and pop owned business uh, to the you know global business. They're two totally exactly. different things. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they may have the same goal, but they're they're run differently. They operate differently. They cannot function the same way. So yeah. So uh, let's shift this. I want to get back to um, talking about putting people up on a pedestal. So let's talk about okay. two specific people. I don't know either of them. Uh, one, let's first let's talk about Beth Moore. Uh, because, uh, and I don't know where you stand on, oh, sorry, my computer is making noise. I don't know where you stand on, on women preaching. Um, I know I've had conversations with other people when this, when this came out. Um, I know I've, I personally feel like, uh, I default to what Paul said, you know, if the gospel is preached for this reason or that reason, by that way or by that way, it doesn't matter as long as the gospel is preached. I, I do to an extent. Um, I go a little bit further in the fact that I take um, what Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy um, as a literal, literal stance on women being in authority over a man. And it has nothing to do with 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 being a chauvinist or, or discriminating, but there are certain things that, that God had ordained that we should follow. And and I, I, I think you know, I, I don't have any problem with a woman teaching, I don't have any problem with a woman speaking, but I think there are uh, different, how do I want to put it, different areas in the church where they do that. It's not from, it, it's not to be over, um, over a man. I mean, and, and I grew up in a church that had women pastors, and I sat under a woman pastor for for several years in that church. So I'm not coming at this from 
just uh, you know a, a, what do I want to say a blind blind area. I've been there, um, but I I think there's 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 a lot to be said about what the scripture says about women in in the church. You know, um, and and that that's just I, I agree. We we all should be ministers of the gospel, men and women alike. Everywhere we go, we should be sharing the gospel. We should be talking about God, and the gospel should be proclaimed. Um, but in a church, in the the church, the body of Christ, I think that's a different a different aspect of it. Okay, so um, this is one of the areas where I I disagree, but. <laughs> I, I do, and and I, I mean I've I hear you. I have not been under women pastors, so it's it's coming from a different perspective, and my interpretation had nothing to do with chauvinistic today's women's movement, yada yada yada. Nothing to do right. with that. Just as I look at the entirety of scripture, blah blah blah. However, I'm going to put that aside for a moment because you bring up a good thing. There's a lot of a lot of verses that people take differently and don't understand or whatever. And so later when we finish here, probably next week or something, I want to talk to you because maybe we could do a podcast on, Hey, let's, let's talk about different Bible verses and kind of expound on them. And how does, how should this be interpreted? That'd be an awesome podcast. I love that idea. Okay. Okay. But um, one of the things, so putting that aside, whether or not a woman should or shouldn't, um, the reason why I highlighted Beth Moore is because when she started her ministry, she started it based on the fact that she was told and taught women should not teach men. So she started her ministry saying, I'm not going to teach men. I'm not going to teach in the church. And she calls them, I forget, she calls them Bible studies or Bible groups or whatever, some other whatever. And it was, she started teaching women. But it was so popular and so profound that women were going home and telling their husbands, boyfriends, whatever, oh, you got to hear this and blah, blah, blah. I didn't used to listen to her. I think it was either my wife or my mother-in-law that first was like, oh, yeah, and I heard Beth Moore say, and I heard Beth Moore say, and I was like, who is Beth Moore? So I had to go listen to some of the podcasts. I was like, this is good Bible teaching. So she started in obedience to what she was told which is, you know, women shouldn't teach men. But then men started showing up, and she wasn't kicking them out. So there's, I mean, what do you do in that aspect? I don't think, and again, I'm not adhering to the women shouldn't teach a men thing. I don't believe that. But she did. But men started showing up, and she just kept teaching. So does that make her, I mean, what do you, what do, you do with that? Because that, from that aspect, I don't think the criticism that she was given was warranted. You know, when John MacArthur was like, what, you know, Beth Moore, he was like, go home or whatever. It was like, yeah, she she wasn't, you know, like, hey, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go. She wasn't trying to be in disobedience to what most men. Right. And, uh, she was just doing her thing and men were coming. And, 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 you know, to be honest, there's a lot of women missionaries that teach men. On the mission field. 
Yeah, that that is and, true. And, that is true. And, and so that's 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 a whole to me that's a whole different setting. You know, and, and, and even being a Bible teacher and and, and teaching um, men and women together um, in marriage uh, marriage conferences um, and, and and even um, even Bible studies and things like that is different than standing in the pulpit and addressing the church. To me, I mean, that's my personal thing. And, and, I mean, and it, and it, it flipped, I, and I flipped on that from when I was growing up. You know, it was always well, you can't tell somebody if God called them to be a preacher or not. You know, and and that's very true. But the Bible specifically states different things, so. But but that's getting off the topic. I, I think the thing that I had the problem with John MacArthur and and some others, um, the criticism was wrong in the way it was brought out. Um, the Bible is very clear on how we are to address fellow believers and to to stand up and to downright just say go home is not the way to do it <laughs> you know that that's not that's not the way to do it um i think the first thing we have to check and this is whether it's a man or a woman or or whatever is are they biblically sound in what they're teaching agreed agreed because there are you know. some some uh Women and men, but I mean, other women teachers who people are really critical of because they're not biblically sound in what they're, they're, they're preaching. So that's, that's a, right. I mean, that's a whole different men right. or women. Yeah. Okay. But that's also where, how do I put this delicate? <laughs> that's where our disappointments come in because we get so dogmatic on the way someone is teaching us that could be totally off balance of what the word says may not be totally may not be all wrong you know they may have some good stuff in there but their their beliefs and their the way they they their theology is may not line up with what the bible says the whole way through. Yeah, I can I can definitely be on board with that. I think that's a whether it's a man or woman. Before you even get into, should you be teaching? Is what are you teaching? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and, and the thing that you know, somebody said to me, well, there are women that are more educated than men. Well, you know, education has nothing to do with it, to be honest, because if education had to do with it. Most of the disciples would not have been disciples. Yeah, uh, they were you know? unschooled, uneducated. Right. Yeah. You know that 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 has really nothing to do with it. What it has to do with is is your if if it's biblically lining up 
if what you are saying is biblically lining up with what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, um, and, and there are things that that I've heard different pastors, even pastors that I know and I respect very well, that have said things that I've come home and I've researched it myself and went, well, I got a different take on that. You know, and it goes back to Bible verses and we'll do that, you know. But, um, so I think we have to be, that's that's one of the things we have to be careful about is to to make sure that we're, it goes back to getting back into the Word yourself and reading it and seeing exactly what the Bible is saying, you know. Right. And, and taking it in context. We can make an argument for anything by picking verses out of the Bible, you know. Um, so I, I, I just—that's what I caution people on—is just to to be careful as to what we're how we're how we're receiving what is being said. Well, I mean, I would caution them on that, but I would also say, and this is one of the things that's, I mean, for me, this is, that that's important, definitely, that we're getting the correct biblical interpretation, but also one of the things that's important is how we talk about and treat other people, um, especially if you're a pastor. So right. the thing that struck me with John the Baptist I mean, not John the Baptist, sorry. <laughs> John Piper, John the Baptist, all the Johns. Uh, John, John MacArthur. Mac John MacArthur, right. Is that uh, he has a platform, uh, mega pastor, author, but he also has a biblical responsibility. And the, right. what the Bible doesn't give us room for is to treat others like that. Even if, even if, even if we think they're not teaching what and the way we think they should, because you know, when you look at you know Priscilla uh, and Aquila, uh, I think it's in Acts 18, um, when they were confronted with someone who was teaching. Okay, I, I hear what you're teaching, uh, but they took him to their home and said, "Hey, let us show you." Uh, it was Apollos. Uh, let us show you uh, a little bit more clear how this is supposed to be done and what the Bible says. In other words, they didn't make a public, dude, you're, you're, you need to go home, like John MacArthur did about Beth Moore. Uh, they did a more personal, hey, can we talk? And, and, and let me show you. They took him aside, explained him, here's more accurately. So if, in my opinion, if John MacArthur, if he had a, and who am I to judge John MacArthur? I'm just saying that any if you're if you're a, a pastor or a leader and you have that platform, you also have a responsibility to act biblically, not just in the good things, but also in the bad things. When you're calling out people, you have to do it in a God honoring way. And I didn't yeah. see that with what he did, right. especially we, with. We should... Well, just specifically because, uh, granted, um, he's got a platform, but that she does too. She's not. You know, like uh, I'm trying not to speak negatively of other people. Uh, she's doing uh, what I would consider biblically based teaching. And granted, you know, some people would say, "Well, women shouldn't teach." 
but she didn't try to go out and say, I'm going to start a church. She went out and said, I'm going to teach women. And men started showing up. And she just continued to do what God has called her to do. So I just didn't see that it warranted the negativity that he, you know, kind of the shade that he was casting on her, the negativity that he was throwing at her, especially in such a public forum. Right, right. And and, and that's, that's, you know, that's the thing that goes back to, as Christians, we are to be humble. Humility is one of the number one keys that we should have. Uh, in our in our personality, you know, we are to be meek and humble. Um, God, Jesus spends a lot of time on that. Paul spends a lot of time on that. We we need to be humble, and to to put yourself on that raised pedestal. I know better than you is going against what God's word says. So. Yeah. When we we need to be really careful whether it's two big well-known speakers talking to one another and criticizing one another or whether it's the person sitting beside us in the pew and we're, yeah, we're criticizing them because well I've been in the church longer than you have so you don't know what you're talking about right or yeah. whether it's two two small church pastors. Right, right, exactly. You know, but it, we have to make sure that we, that when we, we see something, there's ways the Bible teaches to go about it. It doesn't say bring it out into the public's eye and, and make a big deal about it. It says go to your brother, go to your sister, take the plank out of your eye first before you go and see the plank in their eye. You know, um, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm going to shift just so we can close in the last five or ten minutes here. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. That's good. That's good. Uh, and I want to talk about Kanye West. Have you? Have <laughs> Are you familiar with Kanye at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Kanye West, one of the most arrogant worldly people you can imagine literal rock star not rock music but you know hip hop uh, uh, star uh, you know married to a Kardashian so that adds a whole other realm of limelight people who didn't know him before suddenly knew him because he was married to the Kardashians because they knew them and then all of a sudden he shifts the script and starts coming out and doing what he calls church services, where he takes a group of gospel music people, goes to all these places, stadiums, schools, campuses, doing Christian gospel music. It wasn't church per se. He would share a little bit, talk a little bit, but it wasn't church. He wasn't preaching the gospel or trying to expound on scripture. He was really just saying, you know, God is good. God is good. It's just a praise service. Uh, there's actually a, a pastor from another church that started accompanying him so that the gospel could be shared accurately and biblically. And then he comes out and says, I'm a Christian. And he puts out this Christian album. And he got more hate than Beth Moore. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Yeah, there were people who loved him. Like, oh, great, he's a Christian. Awesome. Uh, there are people who hated him. And even in his album, I don't know if you've listened to the album. Um, that is probably... Okay, I will admit, but prior to that, I may have heard four or five total Kanye songs. I uh, heard him on the radio. Uh, I knew who he was, knew what kind of music he was. It just wasn't, it didn't line up with my, my lifestyle. So, uh, you know, as a, as a Christ follower and a pastor, I couldn't, you know, play that on Sunday mornings as people were coming into church. But when right. he put out, I, I mean, I knew some of the songs, and some of them were just really catchy. He was a good musician, a good artist. Uh, but I did go get the album and I listened to it. And all the songs are really short. They're like two and a half, two minutes or less. But some of them are really gospely, good old African American black culture gospel songs. Some of them are the gospel hip hop y type. And they're good. And they still carry who he is, that arrogant artist that makes him who he is. But they are biblically sound proclamations of the gospel that are strong. Like, if you didn't know it was Kanye, it could have been a Kirk Franklin or any other African-American gospel artist who had made these songs because there's a lot of strong biblical thing. It's what you would expect in a Christian song. Mm -hmm. but, but he gets a lot of hate from Christians who say he's fake. And Christians who are saying, oh, he's just doing it to appeal to, uh, you know, to get the Christians. And I'm like, you've already got millions of followers who are going to buy your music. Why suddenly shift to this smaller segment? It's not going to make you richer. You know what I mean? So right. um, so how, how should people respond when these famous people who, who have a platform suddenly say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I think Justin Bieber did the same thing. Uh, but also, then they look and they hear Kanye still being arrogant artist Kanye. I'm the greatest artist that God had ever made. You know that kind of thing. So, yeah. How, how should how should Christians respond to that? Consciously. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I say that jokingly, but yet seriously. Um, and and that goes with with not just somebody like that 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 is out there. That is, you know, you've seen their lifestyle. You know what they were into before they came and made this proclamation. Um, before I jump on anyone's bandwagon, whether it's famous person or whether it's a person that I've known all my life that really never showed the fruits of a Christian, and all of a sudden they're living this holier-than-thou life, um, are they being genuine? Are they being true? Um, are they being true to the word? Is there fruit coming out of what they're doing? Um, I know Conway. There are there's a lot of fruit. I mean, there was a he did a concert in or one of the gatherings in Louisiana, and I think they said there was a thousand people that came to the Lord that night. Um. So, you know, who am I to say who God calls to be that conduit of his word? So here, let me ask this. What, because I had this discussion with, you know, 
well, well, we're both a part of the small church pastor group. And there's mm-hmm. other other small church pastor groups. And in one of the other groups, I had this discussion where uh, a pastor was saying, well, I just don't really see any sacrifice from him to say he's a Christian. And my response was, well, if someone were to walk down the aisle at your church and commit their life to Christ and then start showing up from their lifestyle at nursing homes or at homeless shelters volunteering and saying they were a Christian, what else would you need to see? I mean, what, what, how, how, how do we put ourselves in that judgment seat to say whether or not your conversion is genuine when you've confessed with your mouth from what we could hear mm-hmm. from what we see, your actions are showing a confession. That doesn't mean you're a fully matured Christ follower. You've still got to grow and learn some stuff. But you're immediately doing, there's an action response. The only thing that we can't tell, and this was my thing, is we can't tell uh, the confession of your heart. Only God can tell that. Right. So all we have is what you say, what you do, confession of your heart. We're only able right. to witness two of those. And based on what we see and what we hear, why shouldn't we believe until we see or hear something different? Right, right, and, and that's that's kind of the stance I take on it too. Um, but the only thing that I, I caution on is yes, I take that stance, but I don't want to again put somebody who's famous who makes this this confession, this 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 transition um, on that pedestal. Because a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, this Kanye, I'm gonna do what he does, you know. And and that's the wrong reason. And I don't think he's doing and you know, I don't think Conway came out with this this to to do that. But and I don't think it was a publicity stunt. I think he is being very genuine in his beliefs. Um, one thing I do know about Conway, his mother was a very devout Christian. His grandmother was a very devout Christian. They prayed for him all the time. He was brought up in the church. He knew the word before he got saved. Same way with Justin Bieber. Um, Tyler Swift, and I could name a lot, Katy Perry. There's a lot of them. Katy Perry is a pastor's daughter. Um, they know. And I believe that if you train a child in the way they should go, the Bible says, at some point in time, they will return to that belief. They will return to God. So I believe he's being very genuine. And I think the people who are criticizing him, especially in the church, um, need to step back and say, I'm not God. I can't tell you what his genuine heart is. Yeah, all all we can go on is what we hear and what we see. And I would hope that when I say something and I follow it with action, people would believe me. So I have no reason. Now, I agree with you. Putting him on the pedestal because 
the unlearned people are going to say, well, he's not just a Christian. He's like a pastor. Or super Christian. No, he's not. He's just, you know, he's, he's using the resources that he has. And I love the fact that he's paying for all this stuff out of his own pocket. Yeah. He, he's doing yeah. this, you know, like, like the CEO who suddenly decides, yeah, I'm going to pay to open a homeless shelter because I've become a Christian, you know, or, uh, whatever. Right. He's using his resources and he's a musician to say, I'm, I'm, going to do praise and worship because yeah. I've now committed my life to Christ. And uh, I think where we as Christian, and this is so sad that one of the songs he says that some of his harshest critics weren't the non-Christians. They were the Christ followers. Well, yeah, we, we, the Bible's clear. We beat up our own. Yeah, we, we do. We are the worst ones to beat up our own. We are. Um, yeah, and, and and that's another podcast altogether. <laughs> but, but we do. We 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 are terrible at that. Um, and we and we go the other direction too. Um, Andre Crouch, who is now with the Lord, and I know, I know you probably know who he is. Um, he's one of the greatest uh, songwriter, African American songwriters, Christian songwriters there were. Um, he struggled his entire life with drugs but yet the christian world didn't look at that side of it they looked at his music and said he's got great praise songs my tribute to god be the glory great things he has done you know um or i mean not great things he has done. god be the glory the one that says how can i say thanks for the things you've given me that was an andre croft song and it's a beautiful song, and it, it, it's a praise song. When he got, he was high on cocaine when he wrote that song. Um, and he was telling in a, in a testimony about it. Um, Russ Taff is another one that's been, that struggled with alcoholism his entire Christian life. And he is now set free of that, but we kind of put blinders on when we see those kind of things. But yet when someone like Conway West comes in, the blinders come off and all we can see is what he used to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think rather than, this is the greatest, this is one of, and praise God for, and I forget the pastor's name, they came alongside him, met with him, talked with him, said, yeah, I'll, I'll come and, and, you know, share biblical stuff at your messages. And um, actually, since Kanye, black guy, hip hop, largely gospel music that he's doing in this Christian uh, aspect. Uh, and it's a white, more contemporary church guy who came yeah. alongside and said, I'll do that. And uh, yeah. praise God for him, because all the other pastors, not all the other, a lot of other pastors are like, oh, you know, I don't want to be associated with that. Or what can I get out of that? How is this going to elevate my platform rather than how can we pray for Kanye? How can we help educate him like any other Christian? He needs maturity. He needs learning. Yeah, he knows the scriptures. You know, was brought up in the church. But now how can we help him show him how to apply that to his life uh, so that he can grow in the grace and wisdom of the Lord? And uh, instead of doing that, all people are doing is hating on him. You know, there are those people who have who have never thought about Christianity before. And I, I, I've heard stories, I've seen tweets and posts from people who are like, hey, well, my son decided to come to church with me for the first time. 
because he listened to Kanye's album. Thank right. you, Jesus. Praise God for that. That's awesome. You know? Uh, I think our response as Christians needs to be the way that God tells us. Love one another. You know? Yeah. Uh, if someone's claiming to be a Christian, hey, if they're confessing it with their mouth and they're showing it with their actions, then only God knows their heart. Our next step shouldn't be to judge them. I don't think they're a Christian because they're famous. It should be the how can I come alongside, pray for them, encourage them, help them grow in the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord, and fulfill God's purpose and calling on their life. And if we yeah. if we're not going to do that, I think we just then we should just shut up <laughs> yeah, and not Adam say anything. Yeah, Adam Tyson is the one who's um, going out with Adam or with Cain. Is that is that his name? Okay, yeah. Praise God for him. Yeah. Awesome. That is good. Um, he, he's with uh, a Bible church out in California, I believe it is. But um, Placida, Placeria, P-L-A-C-E-R-I-T-A, Bible church. Yeah. But, uh, is- yeah. I mean, and what I say to, what I would say to the response that you just gave, the way we come alongside of them, Number one, by prayer. Pray for them. Pray for them. I would say that to anyone, whether it's how do we how do we go to someone who's been criticizing someone, first we have to pray. We have to get right and make sure that we're going at them in the right attitude. Pray for them. Encourage them. Encourage them to get into the Word. And I know that... Um, that he is getting into the world. He he is he has been on several different TV shows, secular TV shows. Not I don't. No, I'm not talking Christian shows. I mean, just shows saying you know I'm getting into the Bible. I'm getting into what I'm reading, and I like what I'm reading. And, and for someone to have that kind of an impact, just imagine what it could do to this country that is divided right now. To have someone like him saying, all we need is the love of Christ in this place, and things will change, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, I think we need to pray. We need, we need to encourage him, you know. Um, just prayer is the biggest thing, because we don't know him. We, we can't get close to him, I mean. He's got bodyguards all around. You can't get close to him, but we can certainly pray for him. Yeah, and imagine the impact it would have on him if rather than lots of negative tweets from Christians and negative comments on his you know, Instagram, Facebook posts, or whatever, if all he got was positive encouragement and people just speaking God's truth into his life. Imagine right. what that would, how that would, you know, uh, impact him and, and his ability to be used by God for God's kingdom. That'd be amazing. And, yeah, and the thing is, you, I'm not a big Kardashian fan, but even their shows in the last, because I've kind of been watching it since he's come out with this to see what that is about. Okay, I'm gonna, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to pause, make sure I heard you clearly. You're saying that you're watching a Kardashian. No, I'm just not, kidding. Not a full I'm, star. Not uh, a full <laughs> star, but I tune into it once in a while. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm through, just kidding. I, I know, but I'm flipping through the channels and I see it. But yeah. no, 
his wife Kim yeah. also professing to coming to the Lord. Now that that I did not know. I know uh, I think someone told me that you know his wife and his kids were baptized recently. I kind of yeah, they were uh, all I, baptized. When they my were all baptized together. When my daughter comes to visit, or when I'm around her, she watches it, and then I'll watch it with her, and then she'll bring me up to speed. But um, oh, wait a second! Now you can you when me when, 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 <laughs> when my daughter's around, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, so I I did not know that. But if I mean, just this is a trickle down effect. So you know, if he becomes right. a Christian, it impacts her to the point where she decides to commit her life to Christ. Imagine the literally. Not millions, tens of millions of of girls and women around the globe that follow her and her family and their impact on now. Wait, wait, maybe is Christianity real? Should I consider this as God real and just the impact on their life? That's amazing. Right, right, yeah. and and that's that's the thing. I mean, and isn't that what the gospel's all about? That's that's. I, I got to be honest. I, I wish I had a, a soapbox to stand on right now. That's the thing that I don't get that makes me so mad. This is what we want. We want the rich, right. the powerful, the people with the platforms to come to know the love of Christ so that they can share it past the, you know, the seven or eight people in your and my circle of influence to the millions of people in their circle of influence. And then when it happens, the church criticizes them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and, like, it doesn't make sense. We, and when we do that, are we any better than the Pharisees that Jesus talked about? No, we are actually them. We become the Pharisees. Exactly. Right? exactly. That, that's that's who we become when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had this conversation with, with a couple pastors myself. And, and you know, I, I because I, I don't know his music. I, I'm not a hip-hop person. I don't like hip-hop. Um, and so it, it's just not, you know, I'm a country western and I'm a southern gospel person. Um, I'm not even big on a lot of the contemporary songs. Um, but I can see where, where he can be a big benefit to the church if we allow him to be, you know. And so it gets back to the criticizing thing. It gets back to when people disappoint. And it's not just the big pastors. It's not just the little pastors. It's people in general, Christian brothers and sisters that we, we've known that disappoint us. How do we react to that? Do we say, well, I don't want anything to do with Christianity now because everything I knew about Christianity is just, been flushed down the toilet. Or do we say, God, help me to learn what you want me to learn from this experience? So for those who are listening, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, not just this, but the podcast in general with Mark, because he just closed in a way, before I could say, well, let's close this, how should we respond? He just closed in a way that sums up how we should react how we should respond. So yeah, uh, that's it. That I mean, that's 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 how we should respond. That's we 
should seek to do if we are Christ followers, spirit-filled, Bible-believing people of God. That's what we should seek to do. Yeah. Amen. All right. All right. So this has been a good talk. I have no idea what the next topic is going to be, but hopefully it will be as good, hopefully something more positive. We know down the road we're going to have a political division talk because that's just our lives for the next however long. So, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. So, all right. So, uh, I'm going to ask Mark to close with, uh, end us in prayer. Okay. Father, we come to you this morning just thanking you and praising you for the opportunity to sit down and just talk. Um, talk about you, talk about your word, about uh, our response to your word and how we should respond as, as believers and as Christ followers. Um, Lord, I ask that you would help us to become better Christ followers um, than what we are. Our, our goal should be every day to strive to be more like you and to be a better Christ follower. Help us to be slow to criticize, um, slow to to, um, to to jeopardize our testimony to those around us who are watching us as we proclaim your love and, and who you are. Um, help us to show that love to those around us. And, and just uh, once again, thank you for whoever listens to this. Let this be a blessing to them. Um, and, and just let them see you through us in Jesus name amen 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 and I was in my head I was thinking yeah and we're going to close out wishing everyone a Merry Christmas but actually before we do the political division one uh, maybe we should come with a how do we respond to Christmas haters all those people that should be bringing trees in and no Santa and all that stuff what do you think I think that'd be good Christmas okay. is not one of my I, I mean this sounds bad coming from a preacher, but Christmas is not one of my favorite holidays. Well, it, there's a lot of people that are that struggle during the holidays. Yeah, um, I, I have a real hard time with Christmas, and, uh, and and it has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do with with the Christ Child, or even the the um, the word I'm looking for the commercial commercialization of, of Christmas. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with that. It, it's just this is this is a hard time for a lot of people. Yeah. So that might be yeah. that might be something we could do within the next week or two. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's we'll, we'll do that in a couple of weeks. So we're we're about due for lunch, so maybe we'll do that one in person in a couple of weeks. Oh, that sounds good too. Okay. Okay. okay.